Hey guys, and welcome back to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. We have back in the house, Sakura. Hi everyone, I'm back. Welcome back <laughs> to Singapore. <laughs> yeah, I just came back from a holiday from Japan. But I think you've been busy, you know, with what you've been doing yeah, on the personal finance space. So much going on, right? And I have a bit of updates also since the last episode we did. So mm. I'm so glad to be back. Tell us more about what's been going on. I've been focusing a lot of my time now on the tech side of my startup. So a bit of background story. I've been running a personal finance literacy content hub for a while. Mm -hmm. And then sometime last year, we decided to venture into the tech side. Yeah. So that's where my co-founder and I have been spending most of our time. And in between, you know, we take our holidays. It was a really good respite though, like because it was end of years and I haven't actually gone on a holiday since COVID. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good, like really just get away, like get your mind off everything. I think it's much needed. Mm. I will talk more about Perfingo later. But then today, <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about the personal finance trend that's been trending in, you know, mm. Jan 2024. Mm. And that is really about um, what they call loud budgeting. Mm. And mm. when we talk about loud budgeting, basically it means to uh, speak up about saving money and not overspending, which mm. is actually a reversal from last year's social media trend of like flaunting luxurious yeah. purchases, mm. revenge spending. Mm. So, you know, given that you manage, you know, that personal finance mm. community, have you seen an uptick in your own users talking more about their personal budgets are they talking more loudly about their mm. personal budgets do you see that affecting you know like influencing Singaporeans yet yeah and I the thing is with all these trends that come around right I, I think even with loud budgeting it started from TikTok if I'm mm. not wrong yeah all of it always starts from TikTok but <laughs> they are all trends and they come and they go and I believe with all these trends, you just take what resonates with you. Mm. From my perspective on whether people have been talking more about their budgets, inevitably, I think because this year, you know, the whole conversation about GST, yes. inflation, still still a hot topic among Singaporeans. Mm. So yes, I do hear a little bit of that. But budgeting, to me, is something very granular. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the, the work that you put in to achieve your financial goal. Mm. In the community, I don't see necessarily like a lot more conversations about it. But I always advocate for checking in on your budget, you know, especially when there are these bigger changes in your finances or maybe environmental changes. Mm -hmm. So in terms of budget, it should stay quite consistent throughout your life, you know. Uh, whether you're keeping to a certain framework or you have a, a way around it, um, I don't see it as the big thing that you are striving for or like should be of focus in terms of your finances. It's mm. a very telling thing though, like how you spend your money. Mm. And definitely because you can talk a lot about your goals and everything, but it's what you really do about it and that boils down to your budget, mm -hmm. how you're spending it. So do you feel that sometimes that could be a misalignment mm. between what people say and what they actually do? Always. I oh. always hear this. Um, especially for, for people who are quite new to their financial journey, they have big aspirations, big financial aspirations, but mm. they struggle, at least for what I see, they struggle with how to execute it. Mm. Right? And I think that's the part that we've noticed very early on and we try to guide a lot more uh, young adults uh, in this whole process, that transition. But it's understandable why they can't align it. Mm. Yeah, because they don't know that steps. They don't know, okay, if I'm going to work towards a financial goal of uh, 100k, a simple one, right? Mm -hmm. 
how does that look like in my yearly and then break it down further down to my monthly mm. and then on the regular basis how does my life look like then how do, how much do I have to change my lifestyle because it's you know it's all tied together also yes it takes a little bit of really checking in with yourself on how much do you also want that goal how much are you going to work on that goal for and then aligning with yourself and when you think of finances it can boil down to many different factors also like is it just a matter of discipline or mm-hmm. or is it really environmental circumstances that deter you from working towards that goal as quickly as you want got it i mean yeah. i think there's always the thing about needs versus wants right mm-hmm. and i think even that line between needs versus wants sometimes mm. is very difficult to define because you know sometimes there is that social pressure to spend right Mm. especially when you know it comes to the generation where people are let's say like flaunting on social Mm. media or like you want to send out there are certain social messaging that happens Mm. and people want to acquire various items Mm. especially the earlier stages of life where Mm. you're kind of like exploring yourself Mm. and i mean money is very very much psychological right yeah it is how people spend money Mm. So even when we talk about that thing of drawing a line between needs versus mm. wants, I think it's actually quite difficult mm. Mm. because somebody could make irrational purchases. Mm. And again, like what is irrational, right? Mm. You might feel that you really need it for yourself, but then mm. maybe to somebody else, you know, mm. no, that's not necessary. Yeah. And and going back to that whole trend of loud budgeting, I'm a big fan of it. When I heard about it, actually, I feel like it came around maybe even late last year or mm. early this year. And when mm. I saw it on like a Instagram post by Harvard Review or something, <laughs> but um, essentially the reason why it came around is because you want to be a bit more vocal about your goals and it's sharing and vocalizing your goals allows you to probably work towards it better. That's true. Yeah. I think there's more clarity, right? Mm. When people share their thoughts mm. and share how they are doing certain yeah. things, mm. you get a lot more benefit because you don't, you feel that you're not alone. You feel mm. that, um, oh, you know, somebody else is doing the same thing. You know, yeah. we can exchange some like tips on mm. you know, perhaps like how we save money to something <laughs> yeah. or how we invest. You know, I think, I think the, there is a lot of benefit to mm. conversation in the community. Mm. Mm. And for people to sometimes like speak up about it or yeah. even... It's speaking it, out. It, it into existence, right? Exactly. At the very first set. And maybe, yeah. you know, letting the community yeah. keep you accountable. It could be that yeah. thing as well. I mean, the yeah. same with other kinds of goals, right? It could be mm. weight loss goals. It could yeah. be, you know, mental wellness goals. Yeah. And, and a big part that I think is an advantage is when you're talking about finances, when I vocalize that, hey, I'm trying to work towards uh, uh, saving money, as simple as that, and I share that with my friends and my social circle, then they can be a bit kinder towards my goals as well and mm. a bit more understanding why I do certain things. Mm. So take, for example, if I'm someone who goes cafe hopping, mm-hmm. it's, it's an expensive pursuit, right? And that maybe was a foundation of a friendship I had. Mm. And if I'm now trying to save money, that may be something that I'm going to cut back on. It's a difficult conversation, but when I tell my friends about it, perhaps they can understand it better mm-hmm. and it might also spur them on that journey. Right, yeah. of their own financial uh, saving goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when there's alignment between the people around you, they can better support you, um, and that can also perhaps help you in saving, uh, working towards your goal, better. Yeah, it's mm. true. I mean, I mean, just kind of like 
talking about that cafe hopping example, yeah. right? Because mm. I think a lot of spending sometimes is social. Mm. Um, mm. And you're right that cafe hopping is an expensive pursuit. It is. I'm not sure how, mm. like, I'm not a cafe hopper myself. <laughs> but I probably am a, like, kopi tiao hopper. As in, like, <laughs> the, the difference in the price yeah. of a coffee is like yeah. $1 mm. plus, I don't care. Mm. But I think that, you know, if people speak up about it mm. and then your friends acknowledge it mm. and then, you know, sometimes they would be like, oh, you know, not, you know now you, did, you said that, I feel more comfortable revealing that I'm actually looking to save yeah. money and then I don't mm-hmm. feel as pressured to, you know, to always meet you in like a beautiful yeah. place, right? Yeah. Or not as often, mm. you know, you can still enjoy mm. like, you know, the luxuries of yeah. like a cafe and a good coffee it's true. once in a while. But then yeah. like if it's for social, like, you know, I want to catch up with mm. you, you could still have the same thing but I could be down Everybody's okay mm, with that. Mm. And and I, I think, think that's a nice thing to do. Yeah, and cafe hopping, I think, is a very good example because it's something that a lot of young people resonate with. Mm. Um, they feel the pressure to go to the latest cafe. And a lot of time, those become the, the, the basis of a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, and then with like the culture of social media, and you see really the highlights of everyone's life, and everyone's life looks so glamorous and they go to the coolest places they have the coolest things mm. but in reality I think a lot of fresh grads struggle with that ability to keep up with it right and mm. um, having such a trend come around I don't know if it took off as much up until now but it's nice to know that hey there's that perspective mm. and some people may have taken that chance to be more vocal about their goals and that's a win mm. yeah yes yeah I think mm. so and, you know, just on this topic, because we're talking mm. about loud, loud budgeting yeah. and maybe like, someone listen to, listening mm. to this could like, hop on this trend because mm. I think I think there's definitely more positives uh-huh. than negatives. But um, what are like what are the mm. best tips you've seen for saving money, especially for the younger generation mm. where there often is mm. social pressure? Okay, first step, I think it's always be aware of how your expenditure is. If you're striving towards a saving goal, I would think probably it's just a matter of increasing your saving ratio, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And breaking it down, right? Yeah. Like you raise, mm. like if you want to raise, if you want to not raise, but if you want to <laughs> save $100,000, yeah. then what, how many months, and, mm. and then basically your time frame, right? You yeah, save $100,000 in five years, mm. in two years, mm. in one year, mm. and then really kind of like breaking it down and seeing like what's actually workable for you, right? Yeah, the best way is to quantify things. And I mm. think that's how I like to work around it Mm because when I see concrete things I can work on it better when we talk about budget I think it just boils down to four things that should usually be within your budget Um, your fixed expenditures Mm -hmm. your variable and those are the things that vary month to month Mm. and then um, these two things are things that I always advocate for which is first one is self-love fund and I don't know if I've spoken about this before on the podcast, but it's just a fund allocated for you to enjoy life. Mm. And it's when it's allocated and you know how much you can spend within it, you have better control over it. Mm. Yeah. And then a buffer because sometimes you get seasonal <laughs> expenses. Yeah. And like birthdays and all that. Yeah. But um, when you look at expenses in a very simple manner like that, it's easier to structure. And then when you're thinking of increasing that saving ratio, you know what are the things that you can cut back on. Mm-hmm. Usually your variable expenses because mm-hmm. fixed. You got to pay your bills, you got to eat, you got to still take the transport to work. <laughs> yeah. So when you have that foundation of first understanding how are my expenses, then later on trying to optimize it, I think it's a more efficient way to work around it. Mm. As opposed to, I want to save $2,000 every month. And then 
is to scramble to try to raise that two thousand within the every month that you have. It sounds very simple, but I really believe that if you want to get your personal finance sorted, it's always down to all these basic foundational stuff, and then. It, it works out. I think really the essence of you know what you just talked about mm. is has having clarity around your finances, mm. right? Just visually seeing like how much you're allocating yeah. to the you know the, bu- mm. the buckets that you mentioned, mm. and I love the soft love fund. By the way, <laughs> I'm not sure if I have that. I mean, I need to do that. But you know, with regards to because you you start off talking about you know how a big mm. change for you mm. uh, is bring more tech into mm. personal mm. Um, finance into mm. planning. And the goal is to take the guesswork out of financial planning. Yeah. So, like, tell us more about, you know, like, the changes at Perfingo. Yeah, How can sure. someone interact with Perfingo to mm. do these things? You know, do, do you have, like, a self-love fund bucket <laughs> on the platform? <laughs> Good question. I think when you think of personal finance, everyone has dreams and goals, right? And um, like I mentioned, budgeting is just the work you put in to mm. achieve that goal. Nobody... Or at least, I don't think many people are interested in the nitty-gritty and the road towards that. But they just want to be able to achieve their financial goal. I want to be rich. I want to be able to afford this lifestyle, right? Mm. But the road between that or towards it is often very blur. So what we do with Perfango, which is the startup that um, I built with my co-founder, is essentially we give you that visualization towards that goal. Mm. So say, for example, I'm trying to um, achieve a lifestyle, to put it simply, maybe achieve a lifestyle where I can travel mm-hmm. and set aside a budget of like 5K for travel, right? Every every year. What I'm going to do is put all those information, all the expenses and goals that I want to achieve into the software. And then it helps you project, given my current lifestyle, am I able to achieve it? Mm. It's as simple as that. And uh, Michael and I will often say, hey, it's just a complicated Excel, right? But the thing is, it automates so many things for you. It just leaves you to input what you want to do. And so it makes it a lot easier. And the whole purpose is we want to make all these personal finance planning easy for Singaporeans. Mm-hmm. And then they can act on it. Like they have one foot in and then yeah. it's now whether they want to act on it. Mm. Yeah. So the tech side of it is very much based on um, this thing that we believe in, which is sentimental savings. When you have a dream and you, you tie these emotions to the goal that you want to achieve, you're more likely to achieve them. Oh, so I love when that. I Yeah, so when I tell you, hey, if, if you do this, you're able to achieve that ideal lifestyle that you want, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be more... Encouraged, yeah, encouraged and motivated to, work towards to do it. it. Yeah, mm. so that's essentially what the software is. Our initial goal is to be able to reach all Singaporeans, right? But let's be honest, not everyone is interested in personal finance <laughs> as much as I want to believe so. <laughs> yeah, so um, a little bit of updates on Perfango side is that we decided to work towards working together with financial advisors. Mm. And that's simply because financial advisors are the ones that are able to reach out to Singaporeans and they have the good connections with them, mm-hmm. right? They're meeting so many Singaporeans on a daily basis. Mm. We are able to equip them with tools that can help their clients, which is essentially our main goal yes. to reach the Singaporeans. Yes. Yeah, so right now we've been working with uh, quite a few advisors on an individual basis mm-hmm. and like on a bigger group basis. Mm-hmm. It's been really fruitful actually because we get on the ground feedback on how they've been navigating these conversations with their clients Mm. and it's also an easier way for them to open the conversations about finances on a general basis you know not just about the very typical products which Mm. I feel like is the case um, often Mm. that's true I think um, you know when you open 
with you know understanding someone's mm. aspirations mm. and what you said about like sentimental savings mm. because we talked about how a lot of um, personal finance is actually psychological mm. and if you open with the bit of like why do you actually want mm. to get this financial goal it is a lot more motivating and encouraging mm. Mm. and people would then put in the right set of actions to do that and ideally the FAs <laughs> would then be able to recommend the right yeah. products and also it's it's two-way. Our tool also makes sure that anything that is recommended mm. is something that is really plausible. Mm. You know, it fits well into your goals and fits well into the cash flow. Right. Ultimately, our main goal is really to be able to help the end user. And so far, that journey has been good. Uh, we've been getting feedback from the end users through advisors and directly from them. Um, they've been liking it. Mm-hmm. It's a long road for us to go from here on, for <laughs> sure. Um, but... We're still improving on it, adding features that mm. the users like and want. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think one thing that people would like is mm. maybe unbiased opinion. Mm. And you know that that's often mm. a pet topic, right? When mm. we talk about FAs mm-hmm. and the fees mm. and there's always this tendency to, yeah. to recommend certain products mm. because there's always that commission. Mm. So like, what do you think about that? Would you be able to kind of like... Navigate around that portion. Yeah. Okay, what we've done with investment products where you purchase from any FI, any financial institute, mm. is they often take a charge, right? So mm. um, in the software in Perfingo, what we do is you have to quite clearly write down how much are the charges. Mm-hmm. And because it's a projection tool, so for us to give you accurate projections, 10 years down the road, how much does that money look like? Ten, 20 years down the road, mm. you need to have clarity in how much they're charging you. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of times with investment products that you buy from FIs, it comes with a few layers. Yes. Right? And again, that's a conversation that the FAs need to navigate around. How mm. do I justify the costs? Mm. For on our part, we just make sure that the end users know that these are charges that is added on. I think that's a yeah. good first step, you know, in terms of transparency mm. because sometimes, you know, not not everyone mm. reads the fine, fine print, print yeah. of what exactly the mm. charges are. So mm. to be able to see in a visual way or at least yeah. like pull out those numbers to know exactly mm. these are what the charges are mm. instead of, you know, what maybe the Correct. thing is telling you. Yeah. I think it's actually a really good first step. Mm. And if I may add, right, if we're talking about investments, mm. the tool allows you to put in different investments that you have, not mm. just uh, like investment plans. But... Um, it focuses actually a lot more on your own investments. Mm. How are you investing as an individual? So whether it's through your own brokerages or through whatever you have in investment products. Mm. Yeah, so it gives you the split. Definitely it's just a lot more comprehensive when it's outsourced investments. Mm-hmm. And um, we allow different breakdowns of different expenses. Um, there is a segment where we allow for a bit more fixed expenditures and that goes back to our budgeting bucket, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are things that are a bit more ad hoc. Mm-hmm. So that could essentially be um, a travel goal or maybe a very Asian thing is parental allowance, like giving your parents allowance. Oh, yes. We have that segment as mm-hmm. well. And um, there are also insights into how people are navigating those expenses. What we found out is a lot of people do 10% of their take-home income. That's mm. an insight you are able to get when you are filling in the details in our mm. software. Mm. Um, if you're new to such expenses, it's good insight. You know, you roughly want to know what people are doing. 
like and then the make a decision. Industry average, yeah. country average. <laughs> Correct. And then make a decision based on that. Mm. Yeah. And you can be a bit more accurate about the projections that you do. And this whole software, the stage that we are in with Perfango right now, is very much on visualization, understanding, clarity, mm. right? Uh, but our goal for this is to be able to bring it down on a monthly level later on. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps you on track on your budget. So I've said that. Uh, maybe in the software, I mentioned that, okay, I am spending X amount right now. Mm. And then I am on on route to my financial goal, right? Mm. But am I really keeping to the X amount every month? Mm. Yeah, so that's where we're going to bring it down to a monthly level and to like a budget, almost like a budgeting app. In, in a later stage of our um, software, very different from existing solutions actually, mm. because a lot of people start off with a budgeting app. Right. Yeah. So for, you know, listeners who want to check it out for mm. themselves, because I think that's the best way to, you know, see if something yeah. really mm. works into their lifestyle, mm. right? Like where can they mm. where can they find you? Where can they go to use this? Sure. Okay. So right now because we're working with so many uh corporate partners, our FAs, mm. you can ask your FA if you have access to the software. Mm. Alternatively, I think for people who want to do it themselves, which is also a good pool of people, they can access the software at perfango.com mm-hmm. that's P-R-F-I-N-G-O personal finance goals oh, perfango nice. <laughs> perfango.com cool and then we'll <laughs> link it in the show notes sure thank you so much thank you so much Sakura for being on see ya see ya many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in this has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcast at melisten.sg or at my Instagram at misfitfi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on Me Listen or Apple Podcasts or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from Mediacorp and recorded at Scape Live Studios, The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time. <laughs>